This is our year of the Lord's favor. And it's our month of triumph. So our my topic tonight, it says victorious life in Christ by his spirit. Praise God. To be triumphant, as pastor told us last week, that is all by his grace. If it was not by God's grace, we wouldn't have the victory because God's grace and love, it causes him to send his Jesus, his, his son Jesus to come and die for us. And today we enjoy the love of victory because of the grace of the Lord Jesus. So to, to triumph is when you have attained a great victory or an achievement. So triumphant and victory is the same thing. It's when you have victoriously won. It doesn't matter which battle, it doesn't matter which, which area of your life you need victory. But we, what we know is that Jesus Christ has given us the victory. As a child of God, we have the victory that Jesus attained for us on the cross. Jesus, when he was crucified, he said it, it is finished. He said it is finished and then he died. What he meant was that he is brought to an end. Everything that is not of God, he has completed salvation for us. He has accomplished salvation for us. He has accomplished victory for us. Jesus meant it was finished, whether it is in your past, whether it is in your present, and even in your future, it is finished, meaning that the victory has been attained. He has, we went to the cross and he went to hell for us and he rose again. And when he rose again, he gave us the victory. So what is to triumph? What is to be triumphant or victorious in Christ? To us who are born again, it's a lifestyle. We have to be victorious every day of our lives. Because this victory was given to us by our Lord Jesus. It was not for some times. It is something that we have to enjoy every day. It's a, a state of being, it's who we are. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. It is not something we do, but it is who we are. Praise God. So it is important for every child of God to know who they truly are not based on what the world tells us who we are, but based on the word of God that tells us who we are and based on what, what Jesus achieved for us on the cross. The cross gave us the victory and that's who we are. So we are victorious always. We win always in every situation. This is a decision that you have to make yourself by yourself and tell yourself that I'm going to win every day. I am going to be victorious every day. It does not matter what they throw to me. It does not matter what life throws into me. I will win in the name of Jesus because I was, I was born like that. I was born victoriously. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians verse 2 verse 14, the Bible says that God always makes his grace visible in Christ who includes us as partners 
of his endless triumph. So God, he has given us his grace. Like pastor told us last week that our triumphant is by God's grace. So God makes his grace visible for us in Christ Jesus and include us in the victory that Jesus attained. The Lord include us in it. Through our yielding lives, he spread the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. So everywhere we are, everywhere we go, the Lord, the Bible says that he spread the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. We, we are the one now carriers of the knowledge of God and we spread it everywhere. Then I said to you that you have to make a decision that I will not be defeated in life. I will not quit no matter what. I'll receive from God. I'll receive every promise that God has for me. So you say to yourself, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror. That is Romans 8.37. The Bible says that in everything, we are more than conquerors. It does not, whether it's sickness, whether it's poverty, whether it's what you want to achieve in your marriage, what you want to achieve in your life. The Bible says that in all these things, we are victorious. We are more than conquerors. So we live our lives victoriously based on the promises found in God's word from which there is no retreat. So we, we, we live our life based on what God says. What does God say concerning the situation that you're facing today? So you need to go to the word of God and find out what does the word of God says? And then you take that and then you live by it. Praise God. Hallelujah. So one of the promises that the Bible tells us is the Holy Ghost. The Bible promises the Holy Spirit. I'm going, let's read, I want us to read John 14, 15 to 21. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. This is one of the promise that the, the Bible tells us. He says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter to help you and be with you forever. This was a promise then. He was talking to his disciples. He says, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. That's verse 18. I'll come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I'm in you. And he says, whoever has my command and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Praise the Lord. So if we, if we read this, we find that he was telling us that there's going to be somebody who will come. Then we, we get to understand that this, this person, this Holy Spirit, he is a person. He's not an it, 
and he's not the power that the people would think that he is because he says that i will be in you he says you and you are in me and i'm in you meaning that the holy spirit in us is the same as jesus so he can feel like a person he can touch like a person you know he's just the same as jesus was and he says that he will be the spirit of truth meaning that he will reveal truth to us he says that we know him because he lives with you and he will be in you he says he will live with you and he will be inside you the bible says that our bodies are the temple of the holy spirit so everyone who has received the lord jesus if you have received the lord jesus in your heart the holy spirit is in you the bible says that the, the day you receive salvation the holy spirit came and he made a home in you so he became one with your spirit so your spirit is no longer just you but there's somebody greater who is inside of you praise god this holy spirit we were introduced to him at the beginning in the book of Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says that the, 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 the earth, it was chaotic. Everything was chaotic. But then there was the Holy Ghost who was putting everything in order. So that was the time we were first introduced to the Holy Spirit. So when he comes into your life, he brings order into your life. So so that the victory becomes easier in your life. When he comes into your life, he strengthens you so that you do not feel weak by yourself. When he comes into your life, he, you know, he brings that color into your life. He beautifies your life. Praise God. So if you have been born again, you have the Holy Ghost inside of you. He lives in you. And this Holy Spirit that we're talking about he knows everything about anything. There's nothing that he does not know. And he surely knows everything about you. He knows everything about anything. The Bible says he's omnipresent, meaning that he's, he's everywhere at any time. So whatever is happening in your life, he knows about it. So any area where you need victory, the Holy Spirit knows about it. So. For you to experience victory, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. A smart Christian is the one that will allow the Holy Spirit to lead them. Because when he's leading you, you can never go wrong. When he's leading you, you can never fail. Because he knows ahead. He knows your future. He was there when you were created. You know, the Bible says that I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. The Holy Spirit knows you. He knows you. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And he predestined your life. He's the one who planned your life. So if you can just allow him to lead you, when you allow him to lead you, you will never fail in your life. So, the Holy Spirit is God. He is God. He is God Almighty. I don't know if you understand the Trinity, 
that God is three, but still he is one God. So if we can worship the God the Father and worship the Son, Jesus, we can also worship the Holy Spirit. The same reverence we give to God Almighty is the same reverence we must give to the Holy Spirit because he is God. He is not a small God. He is not the power. But when he comes into our lives, the Bible says that he gives us the power. Praise the Lord. He gives us the power. So I want us to read Isaiah 40, verse 9 to 15. I just want you to see what the Holy Spirit can do. What Isaiah talked about when he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 40, verse 9 to 15. He says, you who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up and do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He turns his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. We are talking about the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does. He says, he turns the flock like a shepherd. Hallelujah. He gathers the lamb in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that are, that are, that are young. Who has measured the water in the hollow of his hand? He is the one who measured the water. Or with breath of his hand, marked of the heavens. Who has led the dust of the earth in a basket? Away the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord? Isaiah here was talking about what the Holy Spirit can do. He says that he can weigh the mountains on the scales and the hills in balance. So the Holy Spirit can weigh the mountain. He knows how much the mountain weighs, you know? And he says that he has measured the waters in the hollow. So he says, who can fathom the spirit of the Lord? or instruct the Lord as his counselor. Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket to him. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Hallelujah, praise God. So. The Holy Spirit knows everything. He garnished the earth. He created the earth. He created the mountains. He created the seas. Everything that we see, the Holy Spirit knows about. So if he knows about those things, if he cares about the mountains, I'm sure he cares more about us. He cares more about our, our, our victory about what we are going through. He cares more because he loves, he loves us, praise God. And the Bible says that, he says that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And the Holy Spirit indeed has been poured upon us. 
He has been poured upon us. He says we will prophesy, we'll dream dreams, we'll see visions. Hallelujah. Praise God. So for you to know, like I said, that you have the Holy Spirit in you. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit is in you. The day you receive salvation, he came into you. And then he's God. And then Romans uh, 8.14 says that for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The Bible says that when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you are the sons of God. So if you really want to be sons of God, you must be led by the Spirit. There is no father who will, who will call their neighbor's kids and give them the inheritance. But he will, he will call his sons and give them the inheritance. So when you grow and you become a son, in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the kingdom of God, then the Lord will start telling you things because now you have grown up, you, are, you have become the sons of God. In Galatians 5.18, the Bible says that, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So anyone who's not led by the Holy Spirit, that means they're under the law. And if you're under the law, that means there's no grace for you. In everything that you do, the law does not bring grace. The law brings curses. But, but when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you function under grace. Then you become victoriously. Praise God. So the people, let, I, just, I just wanted to show you people in the word of God that have, that have lived their life led, led by the Holy Spirit. And they have victories throughout. Think about Moses, how he was able to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt. How he did it. It was not by his own wisdom. It was not by his own power. But he was led by the Holy Spirit. And he was following instructions that he was given by the Spirit. Praise God. Think about Joshua. You know, let's read um, Exodus 17 verse 10 and see what Moses and Joshua did. This was when they were in the wilderness and the Amalekites came to attack them. Let's start from verse 10 to 13. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses has ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hare went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hare held up his hands on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steadily till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army with a sword. Hallelujah. Think about this. How, how does anyone, how did they thought about, let's lift Moses' hands? Because they wanted victory, but then they had to, to rely on the strategy from the Holy Spirit. Instead of going and saying, let's go and fight, let's go and help Joshua to fight, they decided we are going to lift up the hands of Moses. This was the strategy they were given by the Spirit of God, that as long as Moses' hand is lifted, you are going to win this fight. So when you are led by the Holy Spirit, he will give you strategies. He will direct you what to do. It, maybe it cannot make sense to you. Maybe it won't make sense to the next person. But as long as the Holy Spirit has told you to do it, 
Go ahead and do it because your victory is when you do what the Holy Spirit tells you. So imagine you who is led by the Holy Ghost and you're doing what the Holy Spirit says to you. And the other one who is not led by the Holy Ghost, who is just doing things blindly without any light because the Holy Spirit, he will bring light in whatever you're doing. In, in, whether it's a project at work, whether it's containing your life, whether it's containing your marriage, whether you want to get married, the Holy Ghost will direct you to the right person. So we need to give ourselves completely to the leadership of the Holy Ghost. We need to allow him to lead us. The Bible says is that you will hear a voice saying to you, go left, go right. This is not going to be the voice of the Father. This is going to be the voice of the Holy Ghost. And for you to hear it, you need to have given yourself completely under his authority and allow him to lead you. Hallelujah. We need to give ourselves completely to the Holy Ghost and allow him to lead us. Praise God. So that was Joshua. They won. The Holy Spirit gave them the strategy. Hallelujah. Think about Joseph. Joseph was, was in jail. You can go and read the Bible, Genesis. Joseph was in jail. Who gave him the wisdom to interpret the dreams? It was the Holy Ghost. If it was not for the Holy Spirit, today would have been saying something, but he yielded himself to the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God was able to give him wisdom so that he can interpret dreams. At the end, he ended up being the prime minister of that country. He ended up being at the top, at the king's house. Why? Because of allowing himself to be led by the Spirit. Praise God. You think about King Saul. The day um, Samuel anointed him, the Bible says that the Spirit of God came upon him. So the Holy Spirit empowers us. Even when we have things to do, when he wants you to do something, he always empowers us. So Saul was empowered. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit for him to be the first king of the, of the Israelites. Praise God. Think about David. I mean, we can say so much about David. There is so much that David achieved. And every time, I think Pastor opened the scripture last week, that David, when before he went to the war, he asked the Lord, shall I go or shall I not go? He was simply allowing himself to be led by the Spirit of God. That if the Holy Spirit tells me not to go, I will not go ahead. If the Holy Spirit tells me to go, I will go. Because he told us the battle is not yours. But the battle is mine. I will fight for you. But if we are not led by the Holy Spirit, we'll go ahead and do things that he doesn't want us to do. So in everything that you do, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, is this what I must do? Is this what, I must, is this what you have planned for me? Then he will direct you. That's, what he, that's why he's in our lives. He will direct and lead us. Praise God. So uh, David prayed this prayer in Psalm 143, verse 10. He said, teach me to do your will. He was praying to the Lord, teach me to do your will. For you are my God and let your good spirit lead me on the level ground. You know, he was praying to the Father. At this time, we have, the, the Bible has not clearly talked about the Holy Spirit, but David knew that there is a spirit of God. He says, teach me to do your will. For you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on the level ground. And Jesus, when he was talking about the Holy Spirit, he says that when he comes, he will teach you all things. 
He will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit is in us to teach us all things. I've already told you that he knows everything. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about your future. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. So he knows everything about you. You are just in the middle. So your past, he knows it. Your future, he knows it. So why don't you, we take an, an advantage of his presence in our lives and rely on him and rely on him. He will teach us how to love the father. He will teach us how to relate, how to praise Jesus. He will teach us how to worship. He will teach you everything that you want him to teach you. Praise God. But you need to just allow him to lead you at all times. I said here, how can I be led by the Holy Ghost? Maybe that is somebody's question. That's the question you have. How can I be led by the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of the Lord, the Bible tells us that he's the author of the Word of God. He's the one who, who was upon everyone who wrote the scripture. So he knows the Word of God in and out. So therefore, he cannot lead you outside of the, of the Word. For him to lead you, he needs the Word. He, he will lead you inside the Word. So if he's going to talk to you, he will talk to you through his Word, not outside the Word of God. So in every situation, we need to learn to go to the word of God for leader, for leadership and for direction. So go to the word of God for leadership and for direction. I said here, firstly, meditate on the word of God daily. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit. You must meditate on the word of God daily. In Joshua 1 verse 8, you know the scripture, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Because if, the, if you are led by the spirit, in fact, you cannot be led by the spirit without the word of God. Because if he tells you to do something that is in the word, you won't even know that that is the spirit of God and that is in the word. So you need to meditate on the word of God. How to meditate? You turn on your spiritual ears. So when you are meditating on the word, when you are reading the word of God, you don't just read or you don't just listen and comprehend what, what the word of God is saying. You must also receive it by faith. When you're reading the Bible, don't just read it as a newspaper. Read it and then receive what the word of God is saying by faith and reflect on what it is saying and plant that word in your spirit. And then you act on it. You, you, you know, the Bible says, Matthew eleven fifteen. Jesus said that he who hears, who, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the ears, the ears he was talking about, it's not this natural ears that we have. He was talking about spiritual ears. And for your spiritual ears to be active, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. You need to be, you know, to be guided. You know, you need to, the Holy Spirit needs to be active because in a lot of Christians, some people will tell you, I don't have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they don't take advantage of him. He's there, he's dormant. He's not being used. You wake up in the morning, you go around, you do things. You don't even recognize his presence inside of you. And the more you do that, he will just be dormant. He will not talk to you because you're not recognizing his presence. But it's different from someone who wake up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you for you leaving me. Today, 
I want you to direct me. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me in my affairs of life. Then when you do that, you are encouraging him to talk to you more. Then your spiritual antennas will, will rise and then you'll be able to hear when he talks. That's what I'm talking about when I say that. Turn on your spiritual ears. Turn them on. Don't be deaf in the spirit. Don't only hear in the physical. Because you are a spirit being. Man is a spirit. You are not, a, you are not your body. You are a spirit being. And our lives are governed in the realm of the spirit. Therefore, we need to hear in the realm of the spirit. We need to see in the realm of the spirit. Because what we hear in the realm of the spirit and what we see is more real than what we, than what we see in the physical. So turn on your spiritual ears to hear the Holy Ghost. Praise God. This is when you're meditating on the word of God, you turn on your spiritual ears. You say, Lord, today as I read the Bible, I want you to talk to me and I'm going to receive. Then you receive the word by faith. Don't, don't study the Bible for, for somebody else. And don't, don't be studying the Bible when you hear the David says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want you say it's for David. No, David is dead. He doesn't need that word anymore. But you need it more now. You need it more now. So when you hear, when you study the word and you see that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you receive it by faith and you say, yes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in it. It does not matter what is you see around you at that time. It does not matter what is happening around you at that time. What matters is, what are you going to do with the word that you're receiving now? What are you going to do with the word that you're receiving now? Are you now going to receive it with your brain? Or are you going to receive it with your spirit? And act on it. And act on it. And say it. Tell yourself, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in need. Praise God. Number two, I said that keep away from being distracted. When you're studying the word of God, don't be distracted by anything. Focus on the word of God. You know, take the, the quiet time to study the word of God where you are not going to be distracted so that you can hear from God clearly. The Bible says that, you. I said that you must focus on the word. You must guard your heart. You must guard your heart. There are so many things that are happening around us that can distract the word that is in our heart. But then you must guard your heart. The Bible says that guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of, your, of life. Your life is from your heart. So your, 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 the word of God goes into your heart. So if the word of God goes into your heart and you always take all the worries and bring them into your heart, then you're not guarding your heart. The word, you'll be distracted. You'll start thinking that the word doesn't work because you have so much, you have also embraced so much worries. Praise God. So guard your heart and keep the word within you. The Bible tells us when it's come to worry that we must be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request known be God. So when you're studying the word of God, don't be distracted. Take the word of God very personal. That's number three. When you're meditating, take the word of God very personal. When you have now successfully meditated on God's word, no, you are, at this time, you're not just reading it. You're taking it in. Then you take it into your heart in a very personal way. Therefore, then you will be able to use it. It will become active. Listen, the Bible says that the word of God is active. The word of God is active. It's active. It can cut. It can cut like a knife. 
but then it cannot cut if it's not in your heart. It needs to be in your heart. The word of God needs to be in your heart so that it can be able to cut. It is when now you have taken it personal, you know, if we can open your heart, we will find that word in your heart because you have so embraced it. And then you can now apply it in your situation. Hallelujah. So for example, when you're reading the scripture about blessing and prosperity, don't think, ah, no, the Bible is just nice. No, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like, ah, you know, some people that are like that, they just think that it's a story or, you know, they just think like that. No, the word of God is not a story. The word of God, it's, it's life. It's life. It's alive and active. And if you embrace it and use it, you will be victorious in every area of your life. Hallelujah. So instead, you must apply it to yourself and say that that is the word of God for me. And then from there, you apply it in every situation. So it's important that when you're going through a situation, you go and search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. Don't wait to be taught. Don't wait for Wednesday service and Sunday service and say, no, pastor will talk about it. What if he doesn't talk about it? And then you are there waiting. You are waiting for somebody. No, the Bible is for everyone. That's the reason God makes sure that every one of us we can access the Bible. So that you can search the scriptures yourself and you find out what the Bible says concerning your life then you can be able to apply it in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So after you have, you have when you are, after you have been led by the Holy Spirit, then you become, you, 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 know, you, you become a doer of the word. Be a doer of the word. Be a doer of the word. Don't just listen and not do. Do the word. The Bible says that be doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, James 2.17, it says that faith without works is dead. You can say it again and again and say, I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. You know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But if you are not applying it, if you are not using it, it's just as good as not there. That faith will not even grow because you are not using it. But the more you use it, then... Your faith is growing. If anyone needs the supernatural in their life, dead faith is not going to deliver you to the victory. The supernatural, you have to be using your faith. Hearing the word of God and not doing it will not help. Then I said, yeah, be doers of the word. You know, Jesus gave us one commandment. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And with all your strength. And if you're not, you are not doing the word of God, then you're not following this commandment. If you don't do the word, you're not following. Because why? How do we know that? Because in John 14, 15, Jesus said that, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep them. Do them. Do the word. Our commandments today is the word that he has given us. Do the word. Then Jesus said, if you do that, I know that you love me. Loving God is doing what he asks you to do in his word. When you love him, you will obey him. When you love God, you will obey him. 
then you'll be led easily by the Holy Spirit because you're obedient. You're obedient. Praise God. Then he said, also, if you love him, you will, you, are, you will always be in fellowship with him. Fellowshipping with him through the word of God. Fellowshipping with him through praise and worship. Fellowshipping with him through gathering with other saints in church. That is, that is, those are things that God wants us to do, to fellowship with him. And then abiding in him. When you do that, then you will easily abide in God. Because I know that at this time, because of what is happening around us, we are quoting, we are quoting Psalm 91. We are quoting Psalm 91. He that dwelleth, let's just read it. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Not whoever visits, whoever dwells, whoever stays there. So because a lot of us, we like to visit God's presence. We like to go when we feel like. But then when you do that, the moment you come out, you are exposed to the devil. But dwelling in him, it comes by obedience to his weight, by fellowshipping with him, you know, by, you know, meditating on the word of God. That means that you are a dweller because you are doing everything that God says we have to do. But a visitor, when they come, they will do one thing and they leave. They will not do everything that God says to us. And therefore, they will not rest under the shadow of the almighty God. So if you want to rest, to have peace under the shadow of the almighty God, you will need to follow, to be obedient, to have been fellowship with him, to study the word of God. Then you are a dweller. Therefore, you will rest. You will have rest in your life. It won't matter what is happening around you. You know, that's why he says that um, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Of course, it cannot come near you. Why? Because you are dwelling in the presence of the Lord. You are remaining in his presence. You are not coming in and going out. Because when you go out, you are exposed. And then when you dwell there, surely you will have a victory. Surely this life that we are talking about, a victorious life in Christ, it will be a testimony. It will happen in your life because you remain in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says that in his presence, there's liberty. There's joy forevermore. Therefore, you will enjoy victory. You will enjoy joy unspeakable because you are a, you are a resident. You are not a visitor. Praise God. Hallelujah. So become a doer of the word. I mean, you have just to determine in your heart to do everything that you see written in it. When you obey God, you draw near to him. You draw near to him. And that's when you will know that he, he will draw near to you. Because he told us that draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So when you are obedient, the Lord will draw near to you. And then when he is near you, he will be able to whisper to you the secrets. You know, the secrets of how to win this, in, this, in this life. How to be victorious in this life. 
you know, like I was saying that your ears will be open. So you will be able to hear him because he will minister to you. Why? Because you are a resident. You're not visiting. Therefore, he will tell you how to be victorious in your marriage, how to be victorious in your business, how to be victorious in your life. Because you are allowing the Holy Ghost to let, to lead you. Praise God. Put the word of God above everything else. Put the word of God above everything else. He says, my son, attend to my words. Proverbs 4, 20 to 21. Attend to my words and submit to my saying. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them. Keep them in the center of your heart. Attend to the word. Attend to my word. So the word of God must be, you know, something that is above. In your life, it's above everything else. Whatever anyone says to you, you are, you are going to seek what the Lord says. And what the Lord says, the word says, is what you're going to do. Praise God. Let's read um, this scripture, one of, the, one of the kings of Israel, what he did. Second Chronicles 16. Second Chronicles 16, verse 7 to 13. So this is um, the story about King Asa. I just want you to, to see what he did and how his life ended. At that time, 2 Chronicles 16, 7 to 13, at that time, Hanan the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, you know, he was um, to go to fight, but then he seeked seek guidance from the other king. And as a king of the Israelites, you are not supposed to do that. So the prophet is telling him that because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not Kashites and Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, the Lord delivered them into your hand. He says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You see, God is always looking. He's always looking. He's, he's telling him that the eyes of the Lord are always moving up and down to see, to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So when you're fully committed to, to the Lord, the Lord is always looking for you. And when he finds you, what does he do? He's strengthening you. Every time he's looking, the Lord is looking. He's in heaven. He's looking. Who is after my heart? And when he finds you, he strengthens you. Praise God. So you will always be strengthened. Then he says to him, you have done a foolish thing. And from now on, you will be at war. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. He put the, the man of God in prison because of what he says. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. The events of Asa's reign from the beginning to end are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted. So this man, he got sick. He got sick. He's, he was afflicted with a disease in his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in, in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physician. Isn't that what we do a lot of time? When we are sick, we don't talk to the Lord about it. Instead, we run to the doctors. This is what this, this king did. 
and the, the king of the of the Jews, he was not supposed to do that. He was supposed to ask from the Lord about the sickness so that he can be healed. Then in the 41st year of his reign, Asa died and rested with his ancestors. Why? Because he refused to listen to the Lord. So you should train yourself to put the word of God above everything. We should train ourselves to ask the Lord in every matter in our life to find out what does the Bible, the, the, the Bible says about containing the situation we are going through. So when you, the Bible says that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything and everything will be added unto you. So seeking first the kingdom is listening to what the king has to say. So when you're seeking the kingdom, you will listen to what God has to say and then do it without consulting the world. Don't hear or incline your ear to what the media and the politicians are saying. What is the word of God saying? People will talk around you. Don't listen. Don't go and get a um, solution from outside the word of God. No, don't make plans based on what anyone other than God had said. Listen to him. He's our leader. The Lord is the one who leads us. Through troubled times of any kind, the Lord is always there. Hallelujah. He has plans for you and the plan is good. So follow the plan of God for your life. Praise God. I said here, instantly respond to your spirit. Listen to your spirit. Don't listen to your mind. Listen to your spirit. I told you when we started that the Holy Spirit now is mingled with your spirit. So you are one with the Holy Ghost. He says in Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So your spirit is mingled with the Holy Spirit. And then your spirit is the candle that the Lord uses. Praise God. So the fourth way to be led by the spirit of God is to instantly respond to your spirit. But to do that, you have to learn to recognize the inward witness, the number one person inside of you. So God, he guides and directs his children through the inward witness, the Holy Ghost who is in us. And that is in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. The Bible says that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as we are led by the Spirit, we are the sons of God. God doesn't lead us through his physical, our physical senses. He leads us through the inward witnesses. Praise God. So let's listen to, learn to listen to your spirit. Learn to listen to your inner voice. This is where the Holy Spirit communicates with us, not in our minds. When you develop and train your spirit by putting the first steps that I mentioned into practice, which is meditating on the word of God, practicing the word and putting the word first place, your human spirit will become a safe guide for you. So the Holy Spirit will be able to guide you because the word of God is inside you. And once you have trained your human spirit in the word, you, it will be easy for you to obey the word. You know, it will be easy for you to obey the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you will take steps that is giving you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Finally, when we are finishing, I just um, mentioned things that the Holy Spirit is in our lives to do. The, you know, the Holy Spirit desire to empower us at all times. He wants to empower us. He wants us to be victorious. He wants us to win at all times. Hallelujah. Firstly, I said that, the Holy Spirit is your helper. So when you need help, you call on the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Jesus told us, he says that the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So the helper has been sent to us. We have the helper. There is no time that you must say, I don't know what to do. Every time you feel like you don't know what to do, call on the Holy Ghost. Just tell him, Holy Spirit, now I don't know what to do. Help me and he will help you. The Holy Spirit sanctifies you. So he will set you apart. You know, you'll be washed, you'll be sanctified, you'll be justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. You will be washed clean. If there's any character in your, in your life, in your heart, that is not of God. The Holy Spirit is there to clean you up. By yourself, you cannot clean yourself. By yourself, you cannot stop. We cannot stop sinning, all of us. But then the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us, who sanctifies us, so that we become useful to the Lord. So that, you know, that character, it can be taken away. And then, you know, he told the children of Israel that I will take away a heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. The heart of flesh that will, that will listen to me, that will obey me. So that's what the Holy Spirit does in us. He sanctified us. Praise God. If there's a sin you're struggling with, the only thing you have to do is to ask the Holy Spirit. I want you to sanctify me. I want you to help me to stop what I'm doing. Praise God. Number three, he makes us more like Christ. Praise God. You know, Jesus Christ also, he had to be led to be, to be filled with the Holy Spirit for him to fulfill the ministry he had to do in this earth. So how about us? We need him more. And to be like him, it is by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we now, because we are not under the law, because we are under grace, we have unveiled faces that we can be able to contemplate the Lord's glory. And then when we look, the more we look, the more we look on the word of God. So every time you study the word of God, the Bible says that you are changed from glory to glory. You are changed to become more like Christ. And that is done by the spirit of God. But then he cannot do it if you're not studying the word. But the more you study the word, he's changing you. He's changing you. Amen. He's changing. You are becoming better and better. You are becoming a better wife. You are becoming a better husband. You are becoming a better child. Hallelujah. Not by power, nor by might, but by his spirit that is in you. Praise God. Mm -hmm. So keep on looking. Don't stop looking. Keep on looking in the word of God so that he changes you all the time. By yourself, you cannot change yourself. You cannot. That's why he says that come to me as you are. He wants you to come to him as you are because he is the only one who can change us. Praise God. I said number four, he helps us to do the father's will. You know, I, I spoke about obedience. I spoke about um, studying the word. All those things, the Holy Spirit helps us to do the father's will because we can't do the will of God by ourselves. But if we yield ourselves to him, and allow him to lead us and direct us. We are able to do the will of the Father. You know, even when you feel like you're weak, he strengthens you. You know, he gives you hope. Hallelujah. He gives you hope. If you feel that, no, I can't go on. He, he, you know, he gives you that hope that, yes, there's better, the future is better. Because I'm, I've got a better future for you. Hold on there. I'm, I'm with you. You know, he, he told us, he says that I will hold your right hand. And I will walk with you. He told us that you will never be alone. You will never be alone. But I will always be there. Hallelujah. 
And he says that we will do everything with him. He will, he will be there. He will help us. Praise God. So I say that he imparts love in us. If you're struggling to love, if you're struggling to walk in love, the Holy Spirit is your solution. Allow him to teach you to love. We cannot love by ourselves. The Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. So let that love rise from your spirit. And let him, let, no, let him pour more again and again. But then you have to ask him. All these things that I'm talking about, you need to ask him and allow him to do them in you. He's ready. He's already inside you. So you just have to go on your knees, lift up your hands and say, Holy Spirit, today I want you to fill me afresh again and again. Because I give myself to you completely. I acknowledge that you are my God. And I acknowledge that you are in me. And I acknowledge that my body is the temple where you reside. And from today, I give you authority over my life, over my mind, over my marriage, everything concerning my life, I give to you. Praise God. I said, yeah, he gives you hope. I've talked about that. The Holy Spirit teaches and gives insights. What are you working on at work that is difficult? He teaches and he gives insights. Which, what are you struggling with? The Bible says that he teaches and he gives insight. In whatever you're doing, he will teach you. He will teach you. He will teach you to be a good wife. He will teach you to be a good husband. He will teach you to be a good child. Hallelujah. But then, you know, all these things, it has to be a desire from your heart that you want him to do. He will never force himself to you. He will never force himself to you. He, will, he gives you the opportunity to choose you, you, then you let him, you invite him and let him do all these things in your life. He will guide you in prayer. Oh, this is, this is so wonderful. I like this. The Bible says that likewise, Romans 8, 16, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for it. So if you want him to teach you to pray, the Holy Spirit can do it. There are some people who can't pray for two minutes. Two minutes is just enough for them to say, amen, I'm done. No. So prayer is fellowship with the Lord. So it can be for two minutes. When you're fellowshipping with your friends, you, you, you can sit with your friends for the whole day. And then your friendship is strengthened. The same way with God. When you want your friendship to be strengthened with him, you need to fellowship with him more. So you need to take time to pray more but you cannot do it by yourself yield yourself to the holy ghost the bible says that he is the one who intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered inside of us he prays for you while you're praying but he cannot pray for you by himself he needs you he needs you to be saying words and then he's dropping words in your spirit and you're saying them then you're praying for yourself at the same time. You know, he's interceding for you and you're interceding, interceding for yourself, interceding for yourself. Then, you know, you, 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 you now know how to pray. Before you know it, you can pray for 10 minutes. Before you know it, it's 30 minutes. Before you know it, it's one hour. What is happening? Your relationship with the Lord is growing because the fellowship is growing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, please, I just want to encourage you that you give yourself to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our high priest. He's in heaven. The Bible says that he intercedes for us. So he is there. 
but the Holy Spirit is the one who's here. So take time to fellowship with him. Give yourself time to him. Praise God. Hallelujah. The last scripture I'm going to read in closing, Matthew 6, 28 to 33. He says, Jesus said, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Hallelujah. These are the flowers that the Lord himself is dressing. Then he's telling us that even Solomon was not dressed like this. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is there today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. So if God can clothe the flowers, that's what he's telling us. Will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. He said, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans runs after all these things. And your heavenly father knows what you, that you need them. But, so this is, this is the, this is, this is what every one of us need to do for us to enjoy our life in Christ. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So my final word is that seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Then you'll have, you'll have victory. You will have all that you need. He says, all that you need will be given to you as well. Praise God. Hallelujah. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. May God's hand continue to rest upon you and your family. May he bless you and gives you all the desires of your heart. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.